We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, and my trusty co-host, Jordan Tresky is joining me once again today. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. And uh, special guest today as we continue our roundup of the NFC North and uh, the offseason recap is Malcolm Hart. Malcolm, how are you doing? Yep. What's going on, man? <laughs> Mal- Malcolm, famously of the Pride Podcast, Blue Warriors Detroit Lions uh, podcast. How has yes, uh, the offseason treated you? Oh, man, it's been great, man. Um, being a Lions fan in 2023 is amazing. <laughs> can't complain at all absolutely not that's kind of uh where we're gonna start in a couple seconds here but we're gonna talk with malcolm about the offseason recap sort of how they did draft wise free agent wise some big changes coming um and sort of expectations for the season so but i guess first and foremost what i really wanted to know is i have lions fans like lions friends who are lions fans and i've been asking them too what was it like after 13 or I can't, I can't do my math right now 16 years of Aaron Rodgers football to end the Aaron Rodgers era with two wins against him to end their season and ship him off to the, the Jets last season. Oh man, you talking about this last season how they handled Green Bay, the whole Green Bay situation. It was a, it was phenomenal, man. I, I love the way they handled it. Um 
you know, they came out there with no expectations, especially talking about that week 18 game. Um, they're already out of the playoffs and they really had nothing to play for, but they still put it together and wanted to, you know, get that win. Um, just so you know, the Packers, you know, your division rivals don't get to don't go to the playoffs, so they stop that from happening, and they also um build some type of momentum um for the upcoming season. Right. Absolutely. I don't think Dan Campbell is rolling over in that game. <laughs> no. No, definitely not, man. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, so as you mentioned, coming off a year nine and eight. I believe did they go seven and two in the last like half of the year or something like that? Yeah, it was some, something something ridiculous. It was like six and one, something like yeah. that. It was yeah, man. They 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 really went on a roll the last the last uh, seven games. And so you think conventional wisdom would be we're gonna run it back. We think we have something intact here, and I don't think I would necessarily say that as some an outsider. There was a lot of activity. With what the Lions did before the draft, obviously during the draft and everything like that. So I guess of all the moves that the Lions made this offseason, is there any were there any of them that surprised you the most in terms of just like whether it was moving on from good players that contributed to their success last year, or perhaps like guys that you thought were cornerstones for the future that they moved on? I guess in this case it would be like DeAndre Swift or something like that. Did anything like surprise you? Okay, so I mean, I would say the biggest surprise for me was the David Montgomery signing, because when, when we signed, yeah, when we signed David Montgomery, we were still on edge on who if we're gonna um, pay Jamal Williams, and you know, as far as our running back, you know, coming into the offseason, we didn't think that we we're gonna switch around our running backs because you know, looking at Jamal Williams, he was a fan favorite, media favorite, um, you know, everybody loved Jamal Williams, and he he was like he looked like that guy that's gonna be a long term piece. For this offense, you know, you saw what he did last year. I think he had the most touchdowns since Barry Sanders in the running back position. So, we, you know, we thought he was going to come back. But then you see that they signed David Montgomery. And then that gave a lot, a lot of Lions fans a question. Like, okay, it doesn't look like we're going to bring back Jamal Williams. So, it was like a domino effect once we signed David Montgomery. Um, once that happened, you know, we did, you know, Jamal Williams then signed with the New Orleans Saints. And then everything started to trickle down from there. Yeah. I think definitely spurred on by the fact that you guys, the Lions, then drafted Jameer Gibbs. Like, yes, yeah, then yeah, immediately after that, yeah, we drafted Jameer Gibbs, and then that left the window for the Swift, and then we're like, what's going on with Swift? Now, Swift was always a question mark because, yeah, even though he was very talented and he is one talented back, you know, I, I still love him as a back. He just couldn't stay on the field. It, like, it got to the point that. They were limiting his touches. Like they had to maybe give him like five to six touches a game instead of giving him, you know, that twenty touches that you know you'd want him to have mm-hmm. because he just kept getting banged up or nicked up or, or injured. So I guess they really wanted to go that bell cow route where they that bell cow so they could have a back yeah. that could take you know twenty carries and not worry about him getting hurt. And then you bring in mix that in with Jameer Gibbs and you know you're looking at an upgrade of what they had last year, which is great. Right. And so I guess I guess springboarding from that question exactly. Do you still expect the Lions to have that sort of uh, two-headed attack in the run game with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs? Because I know I saw like in OTAs they're lining up Jameer Gibbs outside in like the slot and yeah, yeah. using him out of the backfield. I guess do you still see that sort of that that dynamic that you guys had last year with Swift and Jamal uh, Williams transferring yeah. to David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Absolutely, man. But I think they're going to be more dynamic. And we're, what I mean by that, you're going to be able to see 
Jameer Gibbs, you know, line up on the outside, try to get that mixed match with the linebackers and the safeties. But then you're going to see him getting carries. I think they're going to be planning on using Jameer Gibbs similar to Debo Samuel. So you're going to see a, a lot of Jameer Gibbs on the outside. You're going to see him in, in, in catching, getting um, handoffs in the backfield, mm-hmm. swing passes, uh, screens. So he's going to be all over the field. So, uh, yeah, very similar to Debo Samuels in um, in San Francisco. I guess when they drafted Gibbs, did you see that as sort of the mold? Or were you surprised by that draft pick at, at 12? Oh, man. Um, that, that that actually hit everybody left field from left field. Because we were all <laughs> not expecting. I don't think there was one mock that had us getting selecting Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was surprising. Uh, when we saw that, you know, the line trade back and then, you know, now we drafted Jameer Gibbs. It's like, oh, you know what? What's going on? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I I I like the pick. You know, people are talking about the value. Oh, you shouldn't draft a running back that high. But the way I look at it is that you're getting a guy that's going to be able to contribute right away. There's no learning curve with Jameer Gibbs. He's not going to be like, oh, you know, let's bench him for a year. I know a lot of people wanted us to go quarterback. A lot of people want us to go quarterback. Uh, Anthony Richardson was a guy that everybody wanted us to get. Um, but you know, you get a quarterback, you already have golf. You're talking about benching him for about a year until you realize what you want to do with Jared Goff. So you get a, you get a guy like Jameer Gibbs, he comes in right away, starts, and he instantly improves your offense. Yeah, especially, too, that's like a full picture thing where you isolate each move. But now, where we are now, where you're going into the season, it's very easy to see the, the blueprint of what they want to do rather than be on draft night, especially like – you know, we did it. We did like a stream of it, and you're sitting there for five hours, and every pick takes fifteen to twenty minutes, especially early on. And you're just like, "What is going on?" Like, like the outrage is like palpable, and then you just think about like, "Oh yeah, they they essentially just swapped out their entire running back committee and right. all that stuff." So, yeah. I think in the moment it felt like it was a lot of head scratching, at least from an outsider's perspective. And they traded back. Right before the Packers pick, so we're kind of like bracing for like, oh, they're gonna take there. Who is it that we were thinking that they're gonna take? I forget. Skaronsky or JSN? Yes, and I was like, yeah, I was, that's right. If you guys, if you guys pick JSN, I'll be so mad. I was gonna, yeah, we're like, all, oh, the, God. all the Lions goodwill I had last season. Like I've been saying, <laughs> the Lions were gonna be good for the last year and a half now. And I was like, if they take JSN, it's, it's out the window. I don't care. It's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, Drew Gibbs, 1,300-ish yards, 1,400-ish yards at, at Bama last year. Obviously, like you said, threat out of the passing game. So I, I'm i not going to say I'm scared, but I'm not exactly <laughs> not scared either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, man, he's going to be a weapon, man. I'm excited. Good. Um, you mentioned Jared Goff. I was going to save this question for later, but it naturally just came up. Uh, Lions took a quarterback, third round, Hendon Hooker. Would have gone higher if he wasn't uh, injured. It there it begs a question of yo, Jared Goff is kind of looked at as this placeholder, but he's also kind of been rejuvenated in Detroit with what they have with the coaching staff and everything like that. But clearly, they see something in Hendon Hooker, and they're more than willing to kind of like time it out right. We in Green Bay, or as Packers fans, know how QB succession plans can go. But, like, how in this moment in time, before the start of the season, everything like that, and knowing I think Goff is a free agent, not this year, but next year? 25. Something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, 2025, I believe he's a free agent. Where do you think this could be going, and do you think it's 
Hendon Hooker that could be like the ascending quarterback of the future? I mean, there's a chance. I mean, they're not putting it behind him. You know, what they're going to do, they're going to develop him and see where he take where he can take him. Now, the thing is, if you know you have Hendon Hooker and you have Jared Goff, and you're talking about two years from now, and if he develops into a player that he's just as good as Goff or better. And now you're at that point that you're like, okay, now we don't have to pay Jared Goff, you know, that 45, 40, I mean, uh, who knows the number he might ask for um, yeah. during his, you know, when, when is it time to get extended, you know? So at that point, you don't have to rush it. So you can just kind of play by ear. I mean, if Jared Goff's, by all means, does the impossible, I'm talking about the, the, the Detroit impossible and brings us a championship. <laughs> <laughs> See, I say that as a you can't even say that with a straight face, man. <laughs> but um, I, I I don't know. I think we're getting closer to it than it, I mean, it largely has been in a long time. Yes, yes, you know. So yeah. I mean, if he does the impossible and brings Detroit a championship, then you're talking about okay, now he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, maybe he deserves the money. You know, should he bring him back? You see what happens. He played by ear. But if you know, say if we are stuck. Say we're stuck and we can't get past, you know, the, the the wild card or the NFC championship, or we just can't get over the hump and you're just looking for answers. At that point, you can say, okay, let, let, let's switch the, the gear here and just try the young guy. And you can move on from golf and you can place in hand and hooker and you can see where that takes you. I think that has been sort of the idea I've been rolling with as to how the Lions go into the future. They kind of just roll with a half season of healthy head and hooker this offseason and see what he can start practicing and developing as. Let Goff take it into next year because I don't think you're going to throw head and hooker in without a year's worth of practice at least and having just an offseason of a yeah. full practice. And then you kind of just take it from that point. Head and hooker, definitely an athlete, definitely can throw the ball far. And if you have Jameis Williams on your team, you're going to need to throw the ball far. So that matches up quite well. And so I I've been like definitely intrigued as to how the lions see their next three, four years with all this young talent they have and what their plan is at quarterback. If it's not Jared Goff. Yeah. They have options and that's a good thing right now. Now they have options. Yeah. Plus it doesn't yeah. hurt to have all those Rams picks. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Yeah. That's the other thing. And again, too, they've, I, Brad Holmes, the GM, like he clearly is shown to be aggressive, especially you know coming out of the conversation, just talking about the running back situation, different position and different how the teams value set positions are very differently, but like it still kind of shows that like they have both the present in mind to compete, and then you never know what happens in the future when they want to, I guess, switch things up. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Dolphins defense, or Dolphins, I don't know why I said Dolphins. <laughs> Lions defense. Uh, not the greatest last year. I guess first oh. half was was definitely a little more tenuous. You're being, than... you're being nice. That's right. I, I tried to be. I, tried to be, uh, nice. I think it was. I think it was until the first Packers game, the game that like Rashawn Gary got hurt, Eric Stokes got hurt. Again, we're talking about this from a Packers perspective. Yeah. But the Lions limited the Packers to I think nine points. Yeah. I didn't. Was and not they, the Lions were on pace to to give up the most points in NFL history this season. It was something something crazy yeah. until they until the streak happened. Yeah. Uh, the, the defense was atrocious last year. Yeah, ended up allowing <laughs> 427 points, third highest in the NFL. But they shorted up. They added Cam Sutton, CJ Gardner Johnson, and Emmanuel Mosley. I guess from your perspective, is that enough to uh, improve that defense and actually show a good bit of development on that side to make those games less boat racy and more uh, competitive and like the. 17s to 28 ish points, uh, like different like differences as opposed to that Seahawks game where it was like 48 to 45. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, a game that I attended. I drove oh. to uh, I flew out, I flew out from Miami to Detroit to to witness. Hey, at least you saw an exciting wow. scoring game, like it, it was yeah. very, it was very exciting. <laughs> they were going back and forth, and, right? Um, yeah, it, it was a good game. Um, I think Detroit did a really good job in the offseason recognizing their weakness. And attacking it instantly. They saw their secondary and said the secondary is atrocious. Every single person here did not do their job. It is bad. It was terrible. Um, it got to the point that every single corner, uh, once that ball was in the air, like they just got lost. They just couldn't track the football. They couldn't swat it down. It was either a, pa- a pass interference or a touchdown or giving up. Um, they got rid of Jeff Akuda. He was one of the biggest problems um, in our secondary. Uh, you know, They got rid of him, they did a good job, and they actually restarted. So you added Cam Sutton, a guy who is very instinctive. Um, he does attack the ball when the ball is in the air. He plays a he plays a man really well. You bring him in. Um, they bring in also Emmanuel Mosley, who is he's still injured, but you know he's a guy who's expected to be that CB two once he is healthy and back on the field. And then they bring and then they um they bring in a, a, a one of the biggest pieces in the offseason, which is uh, CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, he's that's a, guy a coup. Who's, yeah, he, he looked like he's going to be the leader of this defense. I mean, he it sounds like, you know, during training camp, he's been that heart and soul. He's been talking the most out of everybody, getting to the offensive players' heads. He, he's been that guy. He's been that guy that we've been missing, that, that that guy, that leader of defense. He's been that guy. So adding just adding him, it's been great. And then you look at what they did in the draft by, you know, they, they drafted Branch from – 
Alabama. He was going to be a nickel and safety. Uh, he could play nickel and safety. Mm-hmm. But man, he he's a guy who he like you can't keep him off the field. Like you have to play this guy. Like they drafted him with no expectation on where they like they didn't know where they're going to play him because their their expectation wasn't play Senior Gardner Johnson as the nickel. But you know now you're like all right, we have our two safeties. We're going to play you know branch, but you know, they they're going to find a way to put him out there because he's been he's been he had a phenomenal camp. He's been, uh, uh, that's what I was kind of curious about is like we, when we did our, our draft pods, we're looking at Brian Branch. And when I watch like tape, it's just like he's flying over the field. Like you can say what you want about his coverage, but he tackles well and he gets to the ball, the ball carrier quite well. Has it, like, how do you look in the first preseason game? And I guess, are you happy with that pick so far? And obviously uh, being a camp in a game. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. He's he. I look at him like the ultimate football player. I think the reason why he did fall because that guy had forty times. Forty time wasn't great, so I think that's the reason why he he, he fell in the mm-hmm. draft. But I'm talking about the ultimate football player. He he seems like the ultimate football player. Like that guy just want to go out there and ball. Yeah, I love it. Good, good. Great to hear. As a guy, we we, we passed on <laughs> as a yeah, team yeah. as a team that needs safety help. Great, great to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, you know what and. I can't believe I'm saying this, but he would have fit really good with you guys too, man. I, I, oh, I, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think we talked about plenty of times, but like Packer safety situation, there was a lot of need. And this wasn't necessarily the greatest draft for it in no. terms of like top tier talent, but like. I think he was the was, first one it, off. Branch yeah, he was. Safety, yeah. 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 And it just felt like it was, I mean, who knows how his career will pan out, but like. You, as you mentioned, ultimate football player, it might just come down to just bad testing numbers on the day of or whatever. That's what it is. Um, so another thing is, as we kind of touched on before, Lions, for by and large, at least most of my life, I'm 31 years old. They've been viewed as the joke franchise. It's you know, Tell me about it. it I, <laughs> if it's not Detroit, it would be Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. might certainly hold the torch longer at this point now. Nah, but nah. <laughs> no, 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 nah, there's no, I don't think I can't see any sport team that been more miserable than us right now, because you look at a, a team and when I just say the stuff, like it doesn't sound real. Like you talk about a, a franchise that has one playoff victory in, 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 in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, that's, that's... not great. I don't think I could even. Was it nine? I don't think I could. I believe it was 92 when they got their first Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl. Shit. I can't even say that. (laughs) First playoff win. Right. And we've been on the drop since. And then you look at that before that, you're looking at 1957. Yeah. So, I mean, what what sports team, what sports team, organization, I don't care what what, what sport you're talking about, has, has gone through that. Like I at mean, this point, we we're just looking for a win, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. the Lions fans, you're like, all right, let's get this playoff win, let's get this monkey off our back, and just call it a day. That's you know, like. most Lions fans haven't seen. We haven't. Most Lions fans, if you're under thirty, you haven't seen the playoff win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I was doing research, and the last time they won a division or the NFC Central at the time was 1993. So we're coming up on 30 years of that. Yeah. So. I guess with all that in mind, what does it feel like now that like they have expectations and there's things together that, that make them, you know, an ascending team? Yeah, I mean, you you, you try to 
Yeah, all right. So you listen to the players, and their players are saying, you know, we not we haven't done much, so we got to go out there and prove ourselves. But then you're like, all right, I think they kind of know already that they blew it from last year, and they're trending. So I, it's hard to get the players' perspective on are they going to handle how they're going to handle the pressure. You know, are they going to go out there and act like the same team last year where they're the underdogs and try to surprise people, but I don't think they're going to be able to surprise people because now I think everybody's going to be like, okay, they, the Lions are, aren't the same old Lions. They're not the, the same joke of a team that were back in the day, you know. Now they're for real. Now, mm. I think teams are going to take us a lot seriously than they were in the past. So it, it's all up to the players right now. Like, I, I mm. want to see, especially week one, I want to see how they, because you play Kansas City week one, so. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so I want to see how they come out that game. I mean, are they going to play close? Are we going to get blown out? Or are they going to be able to pull an upset? You know, so I want to see how they play that game. And then that's going to, you know, tell, tell everything going forward. I think that's kind of like the bellwether for the Lions in general is that the the Lions before their bye have a hard to sort of average schedule. Chiefs, yeah. Seahawks, Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Bucks, Ravens, Raiders. The only like unbeatable teams in there are the Chiefs and like the Ravens. And I think you guys like for sure have a shot against the Ravens. The Chiefs, I don't mean to be pessimistic as as a to, to you as a Lions fan, but Super Bowl brain champs, like it's it's gonna be hard. In, opening in, night, opening hard. night especially, in, especially Kansas in Kansas City. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just it's just a it's a tough pull. But the point being is that you guys could go into the bye week with maybe one loss. And if everything kind of goes the right way, because I, the Packers game as Packers fans, it'll be a toss up. It's, it's in green Bay, but Thursday night on a short week, it's you guys beat us twice last year. We, you, you just can't assume a yeah, loss. There's no the guarantees anymore. anymore when it, yeah. With uh, when the Packers host the Lions, cause that was another thing. I think it was like, 25 years the Packers won mm-hmm. every home game hosting the Lions too. So yeah. it's like that that's a long time ago. A long time that ago. was intact. Yeah, yeah. Um like, again, like I said, we're not the same old Lions no more. So, you know, teams are gonna be looking at us differently. So yeah, I yeah. mean there's a good chance that we could go one or have one or maybe two losses. I mean, during that going into our bye. So I think mm-hmm. that's the reason why, you know, Vegas has us being successful this year, so, you know, because based on our schedule and, and and all the changes that we made, and you know the momentum from last year, so we're gonna see how where it takes us, man. I mean, I'm not gonna get too high and say, yeah, we're gonna yeah get those games, you know. But yeah, I think all of our, I think all Lions fans still want to see it, see it first before we commit our, our hearts and soul to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, so you you guys are are seasoned in the having expectations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> we're, we're there. Like, we, we think, like we, we believe, we believe that this could be a, a special year for us, but we still want to see it. You know, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you kind of see some things that you never see as a Lions fan. Like for example, we had a coach that turned down a head coaching job because he felt like this team is special. That's right. And he believes that he, he believes that you know what? Let me stay with Detroit for one or two more years. Because he believes that this could be it. So if you're looking at that, you're like, all right, we never seen that before in Detroit. <laughs> Usually guys are trying to get the hell up out of here, you know? <laughs> so he actually wants to stay because he believes something special is going on here. So when you see something like that, you're like, okay, all right. Uh, this it's a little different. Be, yeah, it's a little different. This could it, be it. It's something I enjoy, too. Like it might just be, again, I'm not trying to be a dickhead here. It's like, I, I, I don't want it to be little brother syndrome. 
But like, I I've really been wanting to see the Lions succeed. I like Dan Campbell. I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, I I just liked the team. Like, I was a Jamal Williams fan since he was at the Packers. I loved him. Like, it's hard not to love the guy. And so, like, I just want to see the Lions succeed because, like, you guys deserve it, man. Like, I'm I'm not trying to to be just that guy, but it'd be it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see the Lions succeed and to see this team with Dan Campbell as the head coach succeed. Because I watched Hard Knocks last year and watching him just light up that locker room was so much fun so much yeah. fun like it's there's just a lot of energy around that team that i think we obviously haven't seen in a long time hands and, down hands down the best coach we ever had really that's that's good that's that's good to be yeah. at, especially with like this team it's good to be at have that coach with a team that has talent because then everything just comes that much easier when it comes time to compete yeah i, th- I think that for me ever it, not even just dan campbell i think Brad Holmes is really going to be build a statue. They need to build a statue right there. <laughs> I, well, like it was, it was literally, he comes in, he executes the Stafford trade, which, you know, I don't think Rams fans would trade for it, like trade that experience of winning the Super Bowl. But it was like, oh, they're like, he's going for it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the thing with the Lions. And we touched on this with um, uh, Matthew Collar when we did our Vikings episode. And he kind of, mentioned it's like it's not the lions it's the people executing these moves and always searching for that win now win now and it's like when you keep doing that and i'm a milwaukee bucks fan that it was their life for 25 years too where it's like you search for the immediate solution immediate solution and it's rarely gonna ever like work out the way that you think it's gonna work out Mm. so i think that for me is like you saw the vision instantly when that happened because it just it, you know, it, it's like a you see it in the night. <laughs> it's just like mm. how this is going to take time and like finally have a, having the patience to rebuild the right way. I guess in with an NFL team too. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Brad Holmes been he's been amazing. He's been amazing. Yeah. His eye for talent is second to none, man. Like you can't like the way he he execute these draft picks. Like right now, look at this the previous draft. We may have four or five guys that's going to instantly start for us. Aiden Hutchinson is, scares me. He scares yeah. me as a Packers fan because he, I mean, that last the uh, Sunday night game, the Week 18, he's blowing <laughs> up the Packers offensive line, which like finally like got everything together. And I was like, oh, this I know how this story goes. Like he's going to be a problem for a long time, and yeah. it just made so much sense that they took him because of. It- they got they got all the right pieces, man. So now they gotta put it all together and we gotta see what happens, man. It's yeah. like, we're all excited, man. Lions Lions fans decide Detroit the city of Detroit's excited. I'm excited, man. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm curious as to it obviously it's it's a few years ago now, but I guess entering the Brad Holmes era and starting kicking off like with that Stafford trade, what was your reaction to that? And I guess was it did you did you think it sort of lead to this I'm not going to say rapid rise in success, but pretty immediate start of success with the team uh, afterwards. Like obviously Stafford been there for so long and was the guy he's like, he was, he was the lions for the better half of a of a decade, probably even more. And I guess, was it very sentimental? Were you like, okay, like time to to tank and start rebuilding? I guess like, what was the feeling around that? It was a tough pill to swallow, man. I can't even lie. I was a big Stafford fan and, 
and that's a, I am still a Stafford fan, but you know, I'm I'm team first. I'm you know worried about my lines first. But seeing that you know Stafford moved on, and especially that they go to the Super Bowl is like shit. You know, you see Stafford go hit, hold the Lombardi Trophy up there. You're like. <laughs> You know, that should have been nice, and you know. <laughs> you wasn't know, it like, like their lions their I swear my memory's getting more hazy as I get older. But like it, it happens when you're over thirty, man. It happens yeah. when you're over I'm thirty six. Was it there so. like a Detroit Rams shirt or something like Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Lions fans that were yeah, they 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 went both teams. Like they supported yeah. Stafford and supported the Lions, but they were really I mean, they've been some Lions fans, you got you gotta think about it. Some Lions fans, that's all they know that's all they know. You know, they grew yeah. up watching Stafford. You know, you got these guys, these kids who are 18, you know, anywhere between the age of, you know, you know, 15 to 20, that they probably only know Stafford. You know, yeah. they, they, that's probably who they only saw. So, of course, when he moves on, they're going to follow him. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it, for them, they enjoyed it. Me, I was hurt, you know. Yeah. I, I felt like, you know, it, it felt like, <laughs> I'm going to say this, all right. Say, like, you had, like, that ex-girlfriend, and then she moves on. And then she gets now a new guy who's like rich and he's better. You're like, oh man, this. yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting there. That, that's yeah. what that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like that she has moved on. Now she's traveling the world. You just sitting at home watching her travel, travel the world, and going to going to award award shows and all this stuff. And you just sitting there like, damn man, that's my that's my girlfriend. Here she is. That's what that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to me watching Stafford win um, the Super Bowl. <laughs> Man. But you're playing the field now. You're finding, yeah. you're trying to find a girl of your own, and soon enough you'll find uh, your. Uh... Soon enough he'll be the one looking at you, and be like, "I yeah. want to leave when I have." Yeah, got the green the grass is green on the other side, buddy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for that recollection of history. I, I, I enjoyed just like knowing because I guess we were in the same position this past year. I wanted to know if we sort of had the same, uh, the same sentiments. I think the situation was a little different, but. I can pretty much say if the Jets go and do the thing like the Rams did, it'll yeah. be the same type of feeling. <laughs> yeah, same thing. You got to go through it. If, if I mean, they're, they're stacking up, so we'll see what happens. I really hope I've got to go through it. 65%, baby. 65%. Yeah, we just got to hit that benchmark. <laughs> um, talking about uh, the Lions uh, prize uh, pick last year, Jamison Williams. Obviously, with the scandal with the the gambling and across multiple players this off season, and then it happened with him. I think he's out. Is it six games? Six games. So, I guess how has that affected the team in general? I guess have you like what has like the conversation been amongst fans and things like that? But now with him pulling his hammy today and going down, I guess what are your sort of expectations for him and the fans' expectations for him once he comes back from that suspension to help make this team? Uh, get to that playoff push and hopefully get into the playoffs and get a win. It, it, it's tough, man. I, I think the whole situation is just a, just just it's just tough because I'm not sure if you guys know, but um, he wasn't gambling on NFL teams. He right. got in trouble. For, yes, he got in trouble gambling on March Madness, but it happened in a team facility. Okay, so because NFL. It happened, like... Because it happened on the team <laughs> oh. facility. Because it happened, that's why he was only suspended for six games. Yeah. Now, we had other players who are on our team who bet on the NFL game. They're suspended for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And they got let go. And they you know, got cut too, right? Yeah, they got cut. But because he didn't get them on NFL games, and it was the NCAA, it was college basketball, March Madness. Right. 
they suspended him six games, which I think is is stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, if I was him, I would appeal that thing until I couldn't appeal it no more. But um, he's not appealing <laughs> it. I, I think it's very dumb. But um, you look at the Lions fans, and the Lions fans, we have some. We have we have a mixed fan base. Like we have a fan base who they're looking at JMO and they're like, "Oh, he's not focused. He he needs to mature." Um, but then you have some guys who like me are like, "Look, he's a young guy." I mean, he's gonna be okay, you know. But um, it, it, he's just having a rough road right now. And I think the reason why you have that that half of Lions fan base is that that is a little bit harder on JMO is because we went through a lot. You know, we had wide receivers in the past. Uh, Charles Rogers. I'm not sure if you guys remember Charles Rogers who yes. we drafted. Way back in the day, I think I think it was two thousand two. We drafted him 2000, 2001, 2002, some year. But we drafted him, and um, he was expected to be a really great receiver. But then kept getting in trouble, kept getting suspended. Um, they're they're looking at him and hoping that that's not the same situation. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it was very minor. The whole gambling thing, I think, is stupid. Um, yeah. I think Jim is going to be okay. Now looking at him being injured today, that's tough for him because. Now they're talking about um, holding him out the rest of these preseason games. So that's taking away his snaps. So now he's not going to be able to play football probably until week seven, you know, yeah. <laughs> when they were practice again. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's a tough, it's, it's tough. This is a setback for him. So we'll see what happens, how he handles it. Hopefully he does some, you know, off-field training <laughs> and not just, you know, getting, you know, making the headlines. So, you know, you don't want to see him. For these six weeks, you don't want to see him on the headlines because if he makes the headlines, yeah. that's not good. That's not going to be a good thing if he makes the headlines at any time now and, you know, once he's able to return. So we're just hoping he stays clean, stays so away from doing anything crazy. You think March <laughs> Madness is in March and we're in, uh, nearing September. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, hopefully get him back and he's ready to roll, man. That uh, Not knowing the specifics like that, that, that entire situation is the reaping and sowing tweet. Where it's like me reaping. Wow, this is yeah. really cool. But it's just the NFL side. <laughs> the NFL has like I've had this opinion for a while now since Calvin Ridley started. Like got suspended for that. It's like you're pushing gambling so hard as a, as a league, yeah. and then yeah. what do you expect when you're putting facilities in stadiums? Like yeah. it's reaping. Oh, this is sweet. Like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then me selling. What the hell? It's like, <laughs> what did you expect, Roger Goodell? Like, you can't, yeah. you can't push it. Exactly. And, uh, that's getting into a whole different. Point. How, how beyond Williams? Is there any like? I know they moved on from like you mentioned Quintus Cephas. I think was it like a safety? I think CJ Moore or something like that. Like, was there any other like players that they had to part ways with that was kind of like a bummer? Just to be like the guy lost his job because. You know, I guess he w- they were more betty on football yeah, games, so that's it is worse a little bit than March Madness. But, yeah, yeah, that is worse. No. Uh, I mean, it was more of guys who are bubble guys, guys who were really on the bubble making a roster. Those are the guys that got cut. Yeah, because they're yeah. suspended for a year, and I mean, you're you're already on the bubble to make it in the roster. You're spending for a year. Some point of having your uh, holding up a roster right. spot. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess the only guy would be. Quintus Cephas, he was the guy who I thought. Yeah, he was the guy who I thought could come in and and be one of the guys in the wide receiver room. Like I thought he could have made the fifty-three man roster, but former Badger, and he was good for them as like a wide receiver three. Like I think he had a chance to really develop and and Mm -hmm. and win matchups when you had Jameis Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown Mm -hmm. getting the top one and two cornerbacks. That really made a um, carved out a role for Quintus Cephas, but not anymore. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, he um he, he built a, a chemistry with golf too, so they're they're all they're all on pace to be really good, but it was unfortunate. Mm. That's for sure. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Training camp. Who has really surprised you in training camp? Who has uh, caught your eye and who are you excited to see? Like, I guess we'll start with just like the stars of training camp. Who, who has really shined for you? The stars of training camp. I mean, hands down, been Jameer Gibbs. Offensively, talking about offensively, been Jameer Gibbs. Um, I'm around St. Brown. I mean, even though he got hurt today, uh, he should be still. He should be fine. But um, he he looked like he took it to another level. He looked like he took his game to another level, which is mm-hmm. something that we wanted to see from Amaral St. Brown. Because you look at Amaral St. Brown, and you have him as far as like that top ten, maybe twelve range of as far as wide receivers. But I think what he from the work because this guy he he works extremely hard. Like if I had to compare him to a person that works in basketball, like a person who puts their effort to their craft in their game, it have to be Kobe. Because Kobe's like always in the gym, you know, before games, after games. And you see that that same energy from Amaral St. Brown. After practice, he's on the jugs, catching catching balls. After before practice, he's there. He's there before everybody. He he has that 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 mamba mentality <laughs> that yeah. um that he just wants to get better. So I can honestly see him taking that next step and, and getting into that maybe that top five um, wide receiver list, you know, I think he's able to do it, man. He's he's been great for us. He had a great camp um, as far as offense. So you're talking about Jameer Gibbs and then Amaral St. Brown, but then you're talking about defense. I'm going to bring a, a a name that not a lot of people are talking about. He was our, I believe, our fifth-round draft pick, um, Bro- Roderick Martin, um, the defensive okay. tackle. He's been great. <laughs> this is a kid that he might come in and surprise some people and, and um, might steal a starting job. Uh, that's what I'm, that's really? how good he's been um, on the defensive line. Um, I really like what he's been doing. All the reports been great. I had my boys go out there to training camp, and they saying, "Man, like he's been definitely a guy that's been standing out." So yeah, defensively, Project Martin, he, you know, it's a normal guy after that. You know, on defense, you got the, the CJ Gardner Johnson, who's been phenomenal. Um, Brian Branch, you know, those guys. So it's just been the normal man, and then. Um, Jack Campbell also. Jack Campbell, he looks like oh, that's right, yeah, yep. He looks like he he, he has all the elite traits to be an elite linebacker. Uh, with was was time, so they're they're really liking um Jack Campbell as well. I was gonna say that our ne- next question is gonna be how is the rookie class looking at Trey Camp? You mentioned four rookies right there. That's like it's going pretty good. Yeah, that's why that's why I told you Brad Holmes is the goat. I mean, if he doesn't win executive of the year, I don't know why, because he may have four he he guaranteed have four impact players starting from this yeah. from the draft class, but he may have five or six. Wow. Which is 
to, to come out of draft and then say you have five or six of those guys starting for you? I mean, I don't know. And, it, and <laughs> I guess it's not the fact that the rest of the team last year wasn't as good. It's just that these guys are playing up to par and they're pro ready. Yeah. They're pro ready. Yeah. yeah. You got a lot of guys pro ready, man. That's, 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 that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So for me, sorry, Joe, I'm going to ask this question cause it's, no, that's fine. It, it has personal, <laughs> personal uh, beef with me. Last year, my, my camp darling was a safety by the name of Micah Abernathy. He was an old, I think CFL player and pure ball hawk. I wanted him on the team. I wanted him on the Packers. Like, I wanted to make the roster. And ended up cutting him, signing the practice squad, and eventually got sniped off the practice squad like week 14-ish, late in the season, yeah. by the Falcons. Cut to me, mad. I guess, who is your camp darling this year? Somebody who, week to week, is not going to matter, but somebody that you think is worth rostering for the sole fact that they're going to be good, whether it be next year or in years future. All right, let me think of an unexpected person. Cause I could give like a, a name of like one of our top drop picks and cause they all been great, man. But right. if I were to give a guy, you know what? I'm going to say Derek Barnes. Tell me about Derek, Derek Barnes. Barnes. Derek Barnes is a guy. Linebacker, who, right? He's a linebacker, yes. He had also, I you bring him up, he had a phenomenal camp. He was a guy who had no expectation of starting, but he might be a starting linebacker. He He's pushing for a starting linebacker job um, this year. Okay. He's been a leader for Jack Campbell. Um, he's been great. He, he's been playing mainly with the first team reps, but he's been he's been a leader. He looked like he took another leap to his game. So if there was some situation where he didn't make the roster, because of maybe you know being the outside man looking in because we were pretty deep in the middle linebacking position, that'll kind of stink. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep an eye out. Derek, we'll 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 watch out for Derek Barnes. I think he actually <laughs> had a really good game against the Packers last year. That's why his name kind of rings a bell to me. Derek Barnes, yeah, fifty-five. I think he um he's the one that I believe caused that. Um, was it a phone? No, that was a different game. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was that, that was the Vikings game. I'm sorry. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um. So we're moving on to expectations, and this division can be easily had by, I would say, anybody. Bears probably more far fetched, but the conversation is open for anybody to take this division. I would say, personally speaking, probably the Lions the most if everything falls to, in the right place. So. Can the Detroit Lions win their first division title in 30 years? Can they do it? Absolutely. They can. Yes, they can do it. Um, and, and I want to actually bring up something. I'm actually higher on the Bears than a lot of people are. I think the really, Bears, really. Why? Why yeah. so? Um, I think they address a lot of their flaws um, by not having a receiving core. And they brought in <laughs> brought in some receivers. I, I love the way you phrase that. But they addressed a lot of the <laughs> things by not receivers. having a receiving <laughs> core. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I know they still may have some offensive line problems, but now the ball's on Justin Fields. Now, do you, is Justin Fields that guy who they think he is? I know he's getting a lot of hype mm-hmm. for being a really great runner. Now can he pass the ball? I mean, if he's able to do that, I mean, they might be a, a, a pretty – okay team i think defensively mm-hmm. they're they're okay defensively but now i mean let's see what they do i mean i'm not i'm not totally down on them i don't think they're like the bottom of the barrel 
<laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. Did you see like all the hype around Justin Fields' uh, preseason stats out of game one? I, I did not. No, I, so, I didn't. I, I didn't even. I didn't even look. Did he play so, the preseason? He did. He played the preseason. He, he, he played a couple drives and had like 130 yards and I think a touchdown. But oh, he did. The 130 yards uh, came from one screen pass behind the line of scrimmage to DJ Moore, who then ran for 70 of them, and mm. then 50 more of them came on a similar screen pass that went for a lot of yards. But Bears fans crazy. entirely were like, "Justin Fields, man!" Like they were just like made it seem like he was dropping dimes all over the field and just dropping them into receivers down. It's like, no, it was almost entirely screen yards. I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh at him, but I mean, shoot, I, I want to see how you do because right now he has no excuse. Right. Can't save his receivers. I mean, he could still play yeah. the offensive line maybe, but now he has no excuse, man. Throw the football. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I think like that's how I am with them too. I don't want to see them succeed because of the bears. Because I just that's in that's in my blood. I can't really shake that one, but yeah. I think they're in a in an interesting spot to where it's really time to see if Justin Fields is the guy. And like they went and got DJ yeah. Moore for him, yeah. and they brought in uh, Claypool last year. Like they have now talent around him. There shouldn't be four tight ends. Two of them were yeah. Packers, <laughs> right? Like they. Yeah. And, and to go back to your original question, yeah, the Lions they have a shot at um this at the division. I, I really believe we do uh, because it's wide open. Mm-hmm. No more Rodgers. I mean, even though that you know last year I thought we were still the better team. Um, just not just knowing he's not there just gives everybody just gives everybody hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Do you think? How do you see the division sorting itself out then? Who would you say go rank one through four of, of one the division? Four. Um, not a non-biased opinion. Yeah, off the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, based on the roster and schedule, I would say Lions win the division. Number two, I may I may have to go I may have to go Vikings. Then Packers and then Bears. And the only Vikings reason why, are a tough one. The only reason why I'm going Vikings over the over the Packers is because I have no idea what they expect from Justin from Jordan Jordan uh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the only yeah. reason why. That's the only reason why. Right now and we're in the same boat. <laughs> you guys are in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> it could be very scary. It could be a good thing. Or it could be a bad thing because Worst. I went through the same thing when when when, Far- when Brett Favre left the the, the Packers. I was like, yeah, this is our chance. <laughs> This is our chance. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We're wide open. And then you have this guy named Aaron Rodgers that destroyed our lives for like the next, you know, 15 years. So, I mean, we're just hoping it's not the same result. Yeah. We are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> you guys are, but, you know, the, everybody else in the NFC, NFC North, we're, we're, we're hoping that's not the same result. But we'll see what happens, right. man. I just, I don't, I don't know what, what to look like. I have no idea what to think of Jordan Love right now. Right. Frankly, yeah. I think every NFL team should ba- should have a back to back to back Hall of Famers, but that's just me. Like that. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that was it, the, yeah, that's like the best thing that about the season. Jordan, I've been saying it all off season that this season is just gonna be fun. We're, like we have no expectations. If we're bad, we get a good draft pick, and if mm-hmm. we're good, hooray, mm-hmm. we're good. There's some guys out there. There's some guys out there too. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm ready for the season to start just to really. 
see Jordan Love play. We saw him play for two drives against the Bengals last Friday, and we'll see him again this Friday against the Patriots. But then I would doubt we'd see him in the third uh, preseason game. But then it's week one against the Bears, and Malcolm, I hope I have your cheers from Miami that uh, <laughs> if Jordan Love waltzes into fun. Soldier Field and beats the Bears. Yeah, we'll see, man. Some, that, that, that's going to be a good game. Some <laughs> sad Bears fans. That's a good thing by me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, one last question for you. Just looking back at the at the rivalry be- rivalry between the Lions and the Packers. What is your favorite Packers Lions moment um, throughout your fandom? My my favorite moment. I mean, we don't have many. I, I <laughs> we don't have many. So I mean, I would have to go to last year, man. All right, last year. And yeah, mean, that's, that, yeah. I mean, that, that's our favorite moment, man. Is sending Aaron Rodgers uh, into an early. Um, off season. That, same with same with Quay Walker. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was yeah yeah he was <laughs> him walking to the locker room. Yeah, he was pretty pretty upset. But um, yeah, yeah man, that that's that was our that, that had to be my favorite moment because yeah, it was kind of current and we don't have much moments against Packers. We don't have many. Right, and I guess it's I, usually nightmares, usually bad things, usually nightmares, <laughs> usually, nightmares. <laughs> usually bad things. <laughs> I got, I'm not even gonna tell you about 2015. 2015, I broke some remotes I, that year. <laughs> I broke some TV remotes that year. Yeah, yeah, y'all know a game that that that. that oh yeah, oh, that yeah. yeah, yeah. I broke the TV remote. Had to call Xfinity. He said, "Yo, I need another remote." <laughs> why, why, sir? Yeah, yeah. Rogers yeah, threw yeah, a I hail said, mary. I said, I said, I witnessed a hail mary, and I threw my 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 Xfinity remote through the through the wall. <laughs> I remember yeah, watching watching that game, uh, my college friends in our first college house. That's a uh, that's memory. Yeah, but not not for me. Not for you. It's a nightmare. No, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, there, other nightmare. There, there's 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 two sides <laughs> of it, right? There's there's your nightmares yeah. of of the hail mary against the Lions. Then there's my nightmares of Packers against the Seahawks in 2014. Like, oh yeah. Like I have only once cried about sports, and that was it. <laughs> and that was it. Like. So yeah, um, Jordan, you got anything else for Malcolm? No, no, I think I think that's everything. Malcolm, tell yes, people where, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, man, um, I am one of the three one of the three hosts that we have for the the Pride Podcast. It's a Detroit Lions podcast with me. Um, I also have my guy Tyler and Pierre. We just break down games and have fun. Um, it's really it'll be really good for you guys to check us out, especially. That Thursday night game when we play you guys, um, oh yeah, you can get our perspective, and you know you can get your guys' perspective, and hopefully we can have you guys on on our show and you know chop it up and you know talk about the game, the upcoming game, man. But yeah, man, um, the Pride Podcast, uh, the it's a Detroit Lions podcast, and you can catch me there. We're on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to pod. Awesome, appreciate what to plan that. That'll be uh, exciting. Yeah. Be one of the early Thursday night games. I think it's. It's early season, so it'll be it's good. Week three yeah. or week no week four. Week four, week four yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know it's September. I know it's the twenty eighth of September because yeah. like, again, oh again, my god, you're going up there. We're, we're oh, planning. Yeah, up. We, right, we yeah. might be. We might be going up. I know they are. So right. I might be going to Green Bay. Uh, I think that'll be an awesome experience. I've never been um, yeah. to um, for, uh, what's it called Soldiers Lambeau Field. Lambo, Lambo. I'm thinking yep. of Chicago. You're, you're, you're talking about <laughs> Chicago so long. I'm thinking about Soldier Field. Uh, <laughs> Lambo Field. Yeah, I haven't been there so. 
Yeah, I think it'll be a hell of an experience, man. Yeah, it's oh, it, yeah. it's really fun. Like if you if you do go, definitely make a weekend of it. Do the yeah. like the Hall of Fame and just see the stadium itself because on game day it's obviously so packed. It'll still be mm. a little busy because it's a game day weekend and people are also doing all of that. But as a Green Bay native, it's it, it's shine has worn off for me because I've been to so many. But for I encourage all football fans to get there at least once. It's it is the mecca. So nice, awesome. So. Go find uh, Malcolm at at Mr. Hart underscore underscore on Twitter over there and follow the uh, Pride Podcast on Twitter as well at Pride Podcast. You can get all things uh, Eurostep Podcast Network at gspn.info where you can check out Eurostep cruising for a bruising with the Brewers making their playoff push in baseball um, and make time for this our sort of junk drawer pod. So with that being said, Malcolm, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey man, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Awesome. Jordan. Thank you. Thank you.